Someone stole my daughter's bike today, and it wasn't just my daughter's bike. It used to be my mom's. Mom rode the same bicycle for years, and just before she died, she finally gifted herself a new cruiser. She only got to ride it a handful of times, but she loved it with all her heart. So as much as a bike is just a thing, this particular thing was more than that. Not only has this person literally stolen from a child, he has made her feel complete sadness and shame over losing a precious thing from someone we all miss greatly. Our hearts are broken today. If you know anything, please contact me. I don't want anything but the bike back. I'm Jenny B, and this is it actually. This is it actually. Take a sip and grab a seat, cause this is it. Okay, so that intro I just read, it was a post I put up on Facebook and Twitter when my oldest daughter's bike, which of course was originally my mom's, was stolen last year. So that is not a new post. That is a post from the past. And I read it for dramatic effect. Did it work? (laughs) My mom was Dutch. So having a bike and being on a bike and using a bike to get from A to B was just a part of life. We all had bikes growing up. They were used and passed down. I mean, a brand new bike would have been a very big gift, but none of it mattered because it wasn't a status symbol. It was a kid's single mode of transportation. It allowed you to be anywhere you needed to be, and especially in a small town like the one I grew up in, it was everything that represented freedom. I'd eat my breakfast, grab my backpack full of God knows what, and tell my mom I'd see her at dinner. And that was it. I'd hop on my bike and I would be gone. We'd go to the creek, we'd go to my cousin's farm, we'd go to the beach. I have full memories of biking along the highway in nothing but my bathing suit and flip-flops. No helmet, no protective layer, just me, my bike, and the open road. And that wasn't weird then. I mean, it was the 80s. It's just how it was. Bikes were everything. They were an extension of us. We'd paint them or sticker them, or if you were really lucky, you'd get custom streamers for the handlebars and one of those amazing glitter banana seats that were pretty uncomfortable but unbelievably cool. When we rode to our friend's house, we'd jump off the bike before it stopped moving and just let it skid across the driveway or slide up onto their lawn. We left them all over town, and sometimes people recognized your bike and they'd bring it home for you. It was the definition of neighborly and a real deep dive into the honor system. Then I grew up. I moved to the city, and sadly, I moved to a city that has become known for being a bit of a hotbed of bike thievery. I have no idea why that is. I guess I'll blame it on volume. This was completely foreign territory to me. Like, why would you steal someone's bike? I don't get it. I've had three bikes stolen from my life since I moved to Toronto 20 years ago. The first one was a pretty expensive mountain bike that was gifted to me. I was married to the lead singer of a somewhat famous Canadian rock band, and the guys were all being sponsored by Brody, and somehow I managed to get myself a bike too. Don't ask me how. Perks were different back then. (laughs) It was in our shed in the backyard, and someone boldly walked right in and biked off on it. I found it on Craigslist a few weeks later, which was amazing, but when I called, the thief was totally on to me because I asked way too many questions. I know, total rookie move, but I was excited, and he hung up before I had a chance to plan a meetup with him. It sucked because it was worth a lot of money, and I used it a lot, but I wasn't overly attached to that bike. The second bike was my dream bike. There's no other way to say it. I was in love with that bike. It was a combination of a road and a mountain bike, a hybrid before I knew that's what it was called. It was white and pretty and it had a cute little bell with a red heart on it. It fit me like a glove. I loved the handlebars. I loved the seat. I loved everything about that bike. 
I rode it to work down along the lakeshore a few times a week. It was a 45-minute ride, and I followed the bike path all along the water, and even the hard and the hilly parts didn't bother me because that bike made me so happy. There was underground bike parking at my work, but one day when I got there, it was full, so I took the bike back outside and locked it up alongside at least another 100 bikes. When I went out for lunch that day, I said to my friend, let's go look at my bike. And you know that feeling when you're searching for something and you don't see it and you feel a little crazy and you start to second guess yourself? That was me. My eyes were darting all over the place and I started to wonder if I'd even biked that day. The worst part was there were security cameras surrounding the building, but the spot where I parked my bike was just out of their view because the sidewalk was considered public property. That one took me so long to get over. So back to bike number three. My mom finally got herself a new, well used, but new to her bike. She was so proud and she loved it so much, but she barely got to ride it because she got sick shortly after she bought it. She didn't put it in her will because she didn't expect to die, and I guess maybe a used bike is a funny thing to put in a will, but my siblings all agreed that I would be a good recipient, especially since I'd never replaced beautiful bike number two. So I took it home and it sat in my garage for, well, like a really long time. I think I rode it a handful of times and it never felt really right. When my oldest daughter was tall enough and in need of a new bike, she asked me if she could start riding it. We hold onto the physical things of people who have died because it's like last pieces of them or something. They're really hard to let go of. But I also kept thinking, life is short. Mom would have wanted her to have it. Use your fancy dishes. Burn your fancy candles. So I said yes. Under strict rule that it was always locked, of course, and used with extra care. Well, you already know how that turned out. So one day at a friend's house for lunch, she left it out front unlocked. Old school styles. When she came outside, it was gone. She didn't tell me until after school, and needless to say, it wasn't my finest parenting moment, but once my fury had passed, and I later thought about that moment for her, it made me feel sick. Not only because I've been there, but there was just so much extra weight on that particular bike, a lot of it because of me, We were devastated. There were tears and upset and guilt and a sickening, gut-wrenching feeling of loss. When I called my friend, of course, I was sobbing, and she heard me and she felt awful for me, but she was also able to remind me that although it was mum's, it was still just a thing. It wasn't mum. Once we calmed down and started telling people, we were urged to take to social. One girlfriend said, this city hates bike thieves, and more than that, they love to be vigilantes. It's true. So that convinced me and I wrote a post. It was the post I read at the top of the episode. I also had two screen grabs of the person who took the bike from the neighbor's security camera, a close-up and a picture of him by his truck. So I attached them to the post and send. Almost immediately, I got messages from friends and social media friends all telling me how sorry they were and they began to share our story. Then it started to pick up steam with strangers. People vilifying the man who took it, sharing their own stolen bike stories. So many stolen bikes. Then a few famous friends posted it to their timeline, thank you very much, asking their followers for help. The post blew up. I actually had to turn the notifications off on my phone because it was dinging every second. How do celebrities do it? I had no real hope that the bike would come back to us, but let me tell you this. The crazy online connection that happened was unreal. A few days went by, and at the end of the week, when the post started to die down and we started to recover, I got a private message to my Facebook and Instagram. It simply said, please call me. I know where your bike is. 
I mean, never mind the immediate jolt of adrenaline that coursed through my body, I also kind of had to appreciate the dramatic ransom note stylings of the message. I was with my youngest daughter at a friend's house, so I was really happy to have it play out with other people around because my mind was kind of racing. I called the number and a guy picked up. He knew it was me calling and he started talking before I even had a chance to say anything. I could tell that he was totally rattled. He said he found the bike down near the end of the driveway and sometimes on garbage day he drives around to see what people are getting rid of and he figured it was up for grabs. Now, before you at me, (laughs) I was also quite skeptical with this answer because it's a pretty new looking bike and the likelihood that someone was trashing it seems pretty slim. But he said he went to the door to ask and no one answered. This actually makes total sense because of the clear shot we got of him from the cameras. He did, in fact, walk up to the door. Listen, there are a million lessons here, but I'll get to that later. So he says he just wants to get the bike back to me because he wants me to take the post down. He was getting messages from a lot of people who recognized him, and some of them were not so friendly. Of course, I felt terrible, but I also couldn't help but be in awe of the power of social media. So I asked him how he first found out about the post. Get this. His girlfriend's sister saw the post and called her sister to ask her why her boyfriend took a young girl's dead grandma's bike. I'm paraphrasing, but you get it. And if that's not crazy enough, the sister lives in Italy. That's right. She saw the post in Italy. I mean, come on. He returns the bike, I take the post down, and of course I wrote a follow-up so he could have a cleared name, and I also wanted the world to believe in goodness again. But it's not over. While we were dealing with the loss of the bike all week, my friends, Sylvia and Jonathan, decided to get my daughter a new bike. They weren't just thinking about removing the burden from a single mom, but also giving my daughter a fresh start with something she truly uses and needs. Well, of course, while all this happened, our bike came back. But here's the thing about generous people. They're just selflessly generous. So they decided to give the new bike to us anyway, completely covered in love notes from friends because Sylvia knows how to give a gift. And well, rose gold is my favorite color. So mama's got a new bike. (laughs) Before I had my bike taken from me, I'd never had anything stolen. It was a terrible feeling. It was horrible. The worst part about losing my bike was probably that... I was responsible for losing such an important piece to the entire family. I think that was the worst part about it. When I heard that it was returned, I was shocked. I was like, there is no way. This must be a prank or something. Like, You don't just get a stolen bike back. I don't know. I think it's the universe looking out for us and realizing, you know what? They need the bike back. I love everything about it, honestly. But like, my favorite thing is is the seat because I hate, not hate, but I really dislike all other bike seats because they are so uncomfortable. I love the basket. It makes the bike look very, like, pretty. The main reason I love it is because it's my Oma's. She loved the bike, which means I love the bike. I was about 12 years old, homesick from school, watching Gilligan's Island and The Price is Right all day. When my mother came home, she asked me why the garage door was open. I don't know. I'm a 12-year-old kid homesick from school watching Gilligan's Island and The Price is Right all day. I went outside and had a look, and sure enough, the garage door was open, and sure enough, my bike was missing. We made a police report, and about two weeks later, we got a call that they had found it. We arrived at the police station, and the cop at the desk said, I'm not really sure you're going to want it back. It was originally dark metallic green and was now spray-painted mostly dark red. 
and it looked like it had been run over by a dump truck several times. My dad and I carried it outside and heaved it into the dumpster in the parking lot. Stolen bike? Check. Stolen bike recovered? Check. Happy 12-year-old? Not quite a check. When I moved to Toronto from Montreal, I quickly realized how much more efficient my life would be if I had a bike. So I had my parents drive my bike to the city and I used it all the time. One day at the end of work, I was going down the stairs and there was these big windows and I could always see my bike from above. And I looked out and I didn't see it and I thought, well, that's weird. And by the time I got to the street, I saw only the remnants of my broken, swirly lock, that crappy lock on the ground. And I had never felt so vulnerable because I'd never been stolen from. In that moment, I remember thinking, this isn't a welcome to Toronto. This feels like a big F you. Cops eventually found this bike theft ring and they had all these bikes in this sad warehouse. And I remember going and thinking, maybe I'll find my bike. Maybe it will be here. And it was just awful. I just saw all these bikes with broken parts and no wheels and no pedals. And it was just the saddest saddest scene because it just felt like these bikes also had been given this big fu, and i thought about all these people who were missing their bikes their buddies who got them from a to b anyways i never found my bike that day but it did teach me a very good lesson one value the things that you have b get a good lock and c always be thankful every time you go to your bike and it's exactly where you left it so my dad was like super into cycling in the 70s, like Tour de France style. When I was eight, my dad and I fixed up one of his old bikes, bought all these parts, put it all together. It was a cool project for us to do. Dad didn't hang out with me much when we were young because my parents were going through their divorce. One night, my dad and I took our finished product out for a spin and it was so cool to see it in action. And then in the morning, my dad was running around upset our fixed up bike had been stolen from the side of our house turns out my dad had the bike insured because it was worth quite a bit you know he filed a police report filed an insurance claim to get the money for this bike a couple weeks later my cousin and i are in my grandpa's garage and we find the bike turns out my dad faked the bike stealing so he could claim the insurance money a pretty shitty experience to one feel that my bike had been stolen and two that my dad was the one that stole it i've had multiple bikes stolen but my best story happened on laundry day about 15 years ago i was living in an apartment that was a house converted into three apartments uh, it had a nice big porch in the front entrance and it was surrounded by quite a high hedge my bike was locked to that porch, and as I was coming down with my big basket of laundry, there was a man and a woman sitting on the porch on the steps, and I just said, excuse me, and they moved, and I went on my way and did my laundry across the street. I was probably gone 10 minutes, and I came back, and of course the couple were gone, and so was my bike. I was sort of mad at myself because, I don't know, I just felt like I made them feel so welcome and comfortable, <laughs> uh, shaking my head at myself. I had taken my bike to pick up a couple of things at a local store, leaned it against the window outside like I always do, unlocked, and when I came back out, it wasn't there. And the first thing I thought was, did I walk here? <laughs> because my bike's not there. 
but it had been stolen, which is always a surprise that somebody would take something that doesn't belong to them. I let it go, ended up getting another bike and sort of hoped that somewhere down the line, my original bike would end up going to somebody who needed it. Then about three months later, I got a call from a friend of mine whose daughter had found a bike behind one of the arenas in town with a flat back tire. She had taken it to the shop where I had bought it and they had said to him, hey, I think this is somebody else's bike. He ended up calling me and letting me know. And sure enough, it was. I thought, well, one more bike in the world. His daughter's got it. Let's carry on. And so we did. This is a tip, actually. Today's tip is simple. Don't take stuff. Only take things from people's houses that are clearly being given away. Is it placed slightly up the driveway or lawn? Leave it. If you're not sure, knock on the door and ask. If you want to give something away, make sure it's obviously at the end of your driveway, and for extra measure, hang a free sign on it. Oh, and if you see someone stealing a bike, say something. Also, lock up your bike. Thanks to my daughter, my friends, and my brother, Lola, John, Ashley, Craig, Marcella, and Michael for sharing their stories. The whole reveal from last summer is up on Instagram, so you can see how awkward I am when someone surprises me, and also see how the story played out in real time. In my life, I've heard hilarious, heartwarming, heartbreaking, sad, and beautiful stories, and I want to hear more of them, and I want to talk about them. If you have an idea for an episode or know someone who would be a great guest, let me know. You can send your stories and ideas and just general good words to thisisitactually at gmail.com, and you can also see stuff and follow along on Instagram at thisisitactually and Twitter at thisisitactual. The title was too long for them. Message me cool stuff, but not dumb or rude stuff, because obviously, thanks for listening. Now go say something nice to someone. This is it, actually. Take a sip and grab a seat, because this is it.